This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Everybody, welcome all our Torah Anytime viewers. Uh, we're learning today of Wash again for Miriam Chaya Bat Bracha. Um, and uh, so, so today we're going to begin the, the, the topic. It's going to be a series on Mashiach. So um, this is is a very com- you know you think about Mashiach, um, you think of it like oh yeah it's going to come and it's very easy. But for us, one of the reasons why it's so complex and hard to understand is because it didn't happen yet. And when things didn't happen yet, it's very hard to predict it, even though the Torah says how it's going to be. So we'll know ideas, but there is a very, very important point that, let's say, you know, there are certain prophecies that need to be fulfilled. And you're saying, well, God, this wasn't fulfilled yet, so Mashiach can't come yet. And the answer is not, not necessarily, because you don't know how to read the prophecy. It's very, how will you know? After it comes, then they'll show you, you'll be like, oh, you know how this was filled? This was filled in this way. And you would think, oh, I was reading it completely, uh, completely different. So one of the main things about Mashiach is, and the Rambam brings about this, Maimonides, says we don't, we won't know exactly 100% until it actually happens. We have ideas. We have we have things and reasons on on uh, prophecies that are going to come before Mashiach comes. And we'll speak about that. Probably not today, but we'll speak about that coming up in the, you know, the end of times, what happens at the end of times. But the um, that is that is one aspect. The, the, one of the main focuses that I want to do is again clarify uh, discrepancies and and things. Try to put them in a little bit of a better perspective um, because people hear little bits of pieces here, there, and and it's just a, a very confusing topic overall. And we'll try the best of our ability to try to um, to, to to clarify it. So um, one of the first things that I actually want to to discuss is the idea of of wanting Mashiach. There are many people want Mashiach, but the problem is they want it for the wrong reasons. They'll actually say, you know what, I want Mashiach because you know, uh, you know, I have this person that I hate, and he's for sure, you know, going to die, and he's going to for sure that I want him to suffer. At, not Jewish, obviously, so, you know, like someone who caused, like, you say Hitler, whatever it is, someone like really bad, and that's why they want they want the, and that's not the reason. That's not we're not the people that are out to get revenge. We're not people, even though it says that during the time of Mashiach, there's actually all the people that oppress the Jews are going to be resur- resurrected. Not in a, I'm sorry, reincarnated, reincarnated in that time. So you have all the people that that fought against the Jews' armies, and they're gonna they're gonna come back, and there's gonna be a new battle, and this time, you know, they're gonna get to do punishment. But that's not the reason we want Mashiach. The reason we want Mashiach is because we want God's presence in the world. We want it for God, not for us. And we'll discuss it more at length, uh, um, you know, when we get there. Uh, the other idea is is that you know, if you tell somebody, you know, like, all right, Mashiach is coming like tomorrow, and they'll be like, you know, I just planned like a crazy European vacation. I paid like fifteen grand from it. Can it come in like in ten days? You know, after that, I am down. Like, let's do it. But like, I have so much planned. Or like, there's a big business deal going on, and you know, they're like, like that's awesome. You know, I love Mashiach. I want Mashiach, but. Maybe we could do it like in a week's time. There's a certain people that they have other things that are more important per se. Um, and, and again, one of the real reasons is a lack of understanding of what Mashiach really is. And hopefully we'll, we'll clarify that and try to, um, get a better understanding on it. The other thing is, that is extremely important is once Mashiach comes, it's game over. It's not like, you know, like, alright, now I'll become religious, now I'm gonna come keep Shabbat, now I'll do this. It's, it, it's a done deal. It's like uh, there's at that point in time, there's a certain point in time where, where they won't even accept converts anymore. Conversions, you can't be like, okay, well, I see the Jews are right the whole time. We didn't realize I want to be Jewish. The gates are closed. There's no more accepting. You know, we're not accepting any more applications after that. So this also brings the point in time, let's say, people that are doing chuba. 
let's say someone's in the process of tshuva, let's say someone's in the process of conversion, and suddenly Mashiach comes in the middle. So once you really begin the process, you get to continue the process. And we'll speak about that also at, at length. And so this is a, this is a very important for, let's say, converts. There are certain people that are converts, but they've been, not, not converts yet, they're working in the process, but they've been in the process for 11 years. So they don't really consider, they're not really counted as actually going in the, in the, in the process. But you're talking about the people that are actually in the process, they're meeting with the rabbis, and they're talking, and they're just waiting for the conversion date, and they're, they're just ready to convert. Even Mashiach comes before the time, they will still get to convert. Okay, so um, the uh, the idea that that uh, um, yes, we actually spoke about all these things. There's, there's a very the Rambam brings that there's two you know there's thirteen principles of faith. He brings the Animamins. It's brought down as the Animamins. It wasn't actually written as the Animamins, but that's how it was presented. It's presented now, also in Yigdal. So one of the uh, two of the last ones are one of them is believing that Mashiach is supposed to come, and the next one is believing in resurrection. When you have to believe that Mashiach comes, it's not like, okay, it's a nice idea, it's very, you know, like, like a fairy tale in the future, you'd be like, okay, everything's gonna be okay in the future, Mashiach's gonna come. That's not like, you know, like something nice to make you feel better. That's an actual obligation that you have to actually believe that Mashiach is gonna come. We're gonna also speak that not only you have to actually believe it, you have to actually also anticipate his coming. Two different things. You have one belief and one actually waiting for him to come. And then you actually also have to have the belief that there's gonna be a resurrection of the dead. And that is going to happen. And, um, which is a whole lecture, uh, issue in, in itself. Okay, so let's understand a little bit about what Mashiach says. If you go, go look at the Rambam in Hilchot Melachim, the, the laws concerning kings in chapter 11, he speaks about Mashiach. And he says like this, he says, it, what's gonna happen is, is that the, the, the Mashiach is gonna restore the Davidic kingdom, and it's going to, the, the, there's gonna be a Beta Migdash, and there's gonna be Kobanot. And there is going to be, again, Shemitah, sabbatical years. And uh, Yovel is going to be, you know, there, there's everything that was implemented back in the day is going to be re-implemented. Now how some people think, okay, now the Mashiach comes, it's going to be a different Torah. The, the whole religion started based off that. And that's not how it's supposed to, that, that is 100%, the, the Mashiach is not going to change that. So, the, um, and, and it's also very important to know that people, um, people think that, you know, you know how Mashiach is going to come? He's going to come and he's going to start performing magic. And, like, not, obviously not magic, he's going to perform miracles. And that's how we'll know. And not necessarily, not necessarily, and we know where there's a proof from the Torah, uh, from the actual, from the, from the oral Torah, that, uh, it says that Rabbi Akiva, there was a time of Rabbi Akiva, there was a, there was a person named Bar Kokhba, who, who was very strong, very powerful, led an army, led a revolt against the, you know, the oppressing nations, and they, you know the, the big rabbis of their thought that he was he was Mashiach. Then when you know when he died because of the sins and they realized he's not Mashiach, he wasn't Mashiach. But they thought he was Mashiach. He didn't perform any miracles. He didn't go and start doing crazy things. And yet they still perform. They still they still thought that he was Mashiach. So. Not necessarily does the Mashiach have to perform miracles. I read, you know, also in other places that he actually will, but not that he needs to. So again, it's also like a, a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, conflicting until um, until we'll see it. Once we see it, we'll understand it. Next, there is also, the, the Rambam brings down that um, one of the proofs that we know that there is going to be a Mashiach is from the Torah. Because the Torah speaks about, it says that there's going to be cities of refuge. And there are certain cities that are, that were never, there was basically three additional cities that's supposed to be a cities of refuge. Refuge is a, it's Ari Miklat, it's something like, if, if back in the time we had this, is if somebody kills accidentally, they have to run to the to this to this place called the Ari Mikla. And uh, it says that we're in the Torah, that it's actually, if you want to look it up, it's in the Deuteronomy, Devarim, chapter 19, verse 8. It says that we're going to, the borders are going to expand to accommodate three more types of these of these cities. And it never happened. And the Ram says the reason why it never happened is because it didn't happen yet. It's going to happen in the time of Mashiach. This brings up a follow-up question is why do we need that in the time of Mashiach? When Mashiach comes, it says in the Gemara, in Sukkah, I believe it is, that the, um, 
the Satan, the evil inclination is going to get killed. It's not going to be around anymore. So why do we need, A, the question is why do we need sacrifices? B, the question is uh, specifically um, sacrifices for sins. Well, how are we going to sin if we don't have free will? And because the Satan's not going to be there, the Satan's not going to be there, there's not going to be any free will to want to do bad. Um, and, and B, why do we need cities of refuge? So to answer this, you look at the Gemara in Yuma. Um, I believe it's in Yuma, page 80A, yes, and that says it was a rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel, I believe, that he went and he accidentally made a sin. So he put a note and says, when the, when the temple is going to be rebuilt, I'm going to bring a sin offering. So which means this, which, which brings a very interesting point. He says, you know what's going to be in the future, why we're going to have, we're going to bring it for sacrifices for all the sins that we did and, and right now, we're sort of, we're sort of uh, completing the, the, I don't know if you say the atonement, the cycle, once Mashiach comes. The same things with the city of refuge. The people that inadvertently, accidentally murdered in this day and age, they will be able to use those cities at that day and age. So it's something in the future, not that actually that um, uh, we need it at that point in time. There is, um, uh, um, there, there's also important to understand, and I'm, I'm, we're going through the, the first, the first class we're gonna go through topics, just try to find, clarify and get a basic understanding of Mashiach, and Bezat Hashem next week, and, and moving forward we'll get into a little bit deeper, uh, ideas on it. The, um, the, it is important to understand why, why it's so important and fundamental to have Mashiach. You have people that are constantly, you know, we're, we're always praying for it. We're always longing for it. Why? Why is it so fundamental? And the answer is that there was a purpose for this world. And that purpose will be finalized and complete when Mashiach comes. So the, 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 it's, it's a goal that we're all looking forward to because that is the, the original origin and plan from, from, the, from, the, from the beginning. Okay, so here's an interesting question that you get, uh, I get pretty often is when we're speaking about this, is does the Mashiach know that he's Mashiach? So is there a guy... Who's like sitting in Israel with a long white beard and flying pays and he's learning stacks of Kabbalistic books and he sees everything and he knows he's Mashiach or is it something that, you know, it's just going to happen? So I, I saw this explanation I, and I, I read it somewhere, but even the place that I read it, it was written by somebody, but it was never sourced. So whenever I, whenever I present these types of information, I like to say if, if I have a source or not, that's why I always bring it up. This one, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I'll still present, uh, I'll still present that. He brings a proof. He says no. Mashiach will not know. He brings a proof of Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was, until he was 80 years old, he didn't know that he was a redeemer of, of, uh, you know, to take the Jews out of Egypt. He didn't realize that. And in fact, when God came to him when he was 80 years old and says, listen, you're the redeemer, take the Jews, he actually argued. He says, no, why don't you find somebody else? It's like, it's not me. And it took time until God, you know, he, he, you know, he agreed to do it and, and he went and he redeemed it. He redeemed the, the Jews from, from Israel, from Egypt. So too, in the time of the of the Mashiach, the Mashiach not doesn't necessarily know that he's Mashiach, but when the time will come, it will be presented. And there's also a, a, you know idea to understand. I, I heard it, I read it, um, but I haven't found the source for it. So take it as your own that that piece of uh, advice. Okay. So now, little things about what the what Mashiach is like. Like you know who you know who's it going to be? Just like you know what, what, what's his what, what's his, some of his qualities? So it's and you know it says um, and the, the, these are all sourced that his wisdom shall exceed the wisdom of King Solomon. King Solomon was the wisest of all, all men. Shlomo Hamelach. He was wisest out of all men means of ever smarter than Albert Einstein, smaller than Isaac Newton, all smarter than everybody. And the wisdom of Mashiach is going to be even greater than that. Additionally, he's going to be greater of all, uh, um, greater than all the all the prophets except for Moshe. Moshe was is, is the highest level. He's going to be just slightly over um, the um, you know the, in the prophecy of, of Moshe. Next, there's you know there's been many kings that had you know the great you know they ruled the world. You know, Alexander the Great, Achashverosh. You know you look at people that ruled the entire world. He's going to ex- exceed all of them in stature and in honor by far. Um, 
he will also instruct the Jewish people to, you know, to, to in the way of God and in Torah. He's also going to, the Torah, it says the Torah in the time of the Mashiach is going to be like, there's going to be like the revealed secrets are going to be, the secrets are going to be revealed. It's going to be like a completely different world and he's going to, you know, uh, uh, you know, teach it and decimate it. He will also, you know, ma- you know, I guess help or whatever, make it that it happens that the, the non-Jews will be keeping the Sheva Mitzvahs ben Enoch. So there's not going to be Christianity anymore. There's not going to be Islam anymore. There's not going to be Hinduism, Buddhism. All that is going to go gone. It's, it's going bye bye. And at the end, it's going to be the, you know, the Jews and then the Noahites, the people that believe in the Shevet Mitzvahs ben Enoch. Um, okay. So, there, there is also, he has to come from King David, the, that lineage. And, um, it, you know, when, when, when I'm saying that there's also, when I said before there's going to be Jews, it's not going to be like, you know, modern Orthodox Jews, and then the Reform sect, and then there's, you have the conservatives over there, and then you have the liberals over here. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be one, the way that it's supposed to be, the way of the Torah. Um, the, the way the Torah is supposed to be intended. He will also bring all the Jews physically back to the land of Israel. And it's actually interesting if, you know, I read, I read somewhere also that it's not going to be necessarily like all the Jews are going to come to Israel and the temple is going to come down. The temple is going to come down. The temple is going to be rebuilt and then the ingathering of all the exiles is going to happen. So you want to get a good seat. You know, you might have to start making the move now. Um, the, the, um, what else am I missing? Oh yeah. And, and one of the things is, is like, you know, how do you know he's going to be the Mashiach? You know, one of the biggest proofs that, that we say, you know, not that he needs it, that JC is not the Mashiach, it's because he didn't do the job. You know when you'll know who the Mashiach is? When the job is complete. That's when you could say, you know, that, you know, it, it happened and it wasn't. JC didn't do any, you know, I get, I get this all the time and I, I don't really have time to deal with this. It's like, oh, well, look at all the prophecies that JC did, did fulfill. He didn't fulfill anything. Alright, you know, stop talking. He didn't fulfill anything. You know where they give me proofs from? Nonetheless. From their Bible. Look at what you give me proof from your Bible they fulfilled prophecies. Nobody read the Bible actually saw him. Or actually the one who wrote the Bible actually saw him. Whatever. It's a whole thing. But that's how they had to answer. There's going to be a second coming. Oh, because we, you know, answer. There's nowhere in the Torah speaks about that the Mashiach has to come twice. He's going to come once, he's going to do the job. And that's it. Okay. So, the, um, <clears throat> the, the, uh, it says when, you know, being that I actually read this in the Pasha, um, that it says in the time of, in the time of the Exodus of Egypt, there was Makat Choshech, which is a, the plague of darkness. And in the plague of darkness, many, many Jews died. And in fact, four fifths of Jews died. Which, that's, that's a crazy number. That's 80%. 80% of Jews did not leave Egypt. 80% of Jews died in Egypt. And, um, they died during the, the plague of darkness. One of the reasons was, was that, um, it's, it's, you know, the, the Egyptians don't necessarily, you know, see all the, okay, we're dying and they're dying also. So who, you know, why are they better than us? And so, so if we focus on that, why did, and by the way, it says in the time of Mashiach, also four fifths will not make it. Which is a crazy thing. You know, people think like, oh, I want Mashiach, it's gonna be so awesome. Who said you're gonna be part of that crew? Who says you're gonna make it? You really think if you're sinning against God and you're doing bad things, you're gonna, you, you're gonna be like, oh, Mashiach's here, alright, so I'll work quickly, give me a yalaka, give me a tzitzit, give me, you know, I'm, I'm here, Mashiach. Who says that you're gonna make it? Hopefully, we hope, we hope that you will, but uh, you gotta start working now. And how do you do that? By doing chuba, by doing, we'll soon see, one of the ways to bring Mashiach is actually doing chuba. So, who are the people that died in Egypt? They died in Egypt, they didn't make it. Maybe we could figure out who didn't make it then, then we could see who's not gonna make it, uh, who's not gonna make it now. And it says one of the people, one of the, one of the, the groups that, that, one of the reasons they didn't, they didn't make it is because, uh, they didn't wanna leave. They didn't wanna leave Egypt. They were comfortable. They had wealthy, they had, you know, they, like, America's good to us. You know, let's stay over here. And by the way, one of the prophecies is, is that then in the days of Mashiach comes, there's gonna be 15 days of darkness. Which means the sun's not, it's gonna be darkness. I don't know if it's gonna be the same level of darkness that it was there, but it's gonna be darkness. The sun's not gonna come out. There's gonna be some serious, and, and, you know, it's, it's literally like mirroring what happened. So, 
the um, you know it, one of the one of the things was is that they didn't want to leave. They were comfortable. They wanted to stay. They wanted to stay in time. So you're gonna have Jews like that also. Be like, listen, I just built an empire in America. I'm gonna go leave now to Israel. I'm gonna have to start. You know, I'm not interested with that. You know, I'm gonna stay over here. Those people, again, we hope they'll make it. Doesn't seem so likely though. So, so that is something. Also, this is this is the, one of the back when you're when you're waiting, Mashiach. You're anticipating the Mashiach. You want Mashiach to come. You're ready to drop everything and you go, and and go 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 where you need to be. So, the um, uh, there was actually there was a, there was a, there was a big rabbi. Um, it was actually a few rabbis, but there was one particular big rabbi that uh, he used to have a suitcase packed. He has a suitcase packed in the corner, like a little black suitcase. And people ask him, "What's that for?" I says, "What's Mashiach come? I don't want to waste time packing. I grab that and I go." That's a, you know that's how you're supposed to feel when the Mashiach is coming. So, the um, uh, uh, this is actually a very common question that 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 also comes uh, that people ask is if Mashiach didn't come in the generations before us, how could it come now? We know that you know it says in, in the Gemara and Shabbat that if the if uh, the generation if the earlier generations were like angels, we're like humans. If the early generations were humans, and we're just like donkeys, which means we're, we're nothing compared to the generations that happened before us. You have the big, big tzaddikim that happened, you know, whether 100, 200, 300 years ago, 400 years ago, 500 years ago, we're nothing compared to them, let alone the, the, the righteous people in the Gemara and then the Mishnah, and then you go back more. If they couldn't bring Mashiach, how could we bring Mashiach? Fair question. So, um, two answers for that. One is, uh, Avastar Abnasan says that, you know, one thing in distress is better than a hundred in ease. Which means is the harder something is to you, the greater the reward is that you get it. So now a generations, and this is brought down also by Abchaim Vital and Shal Gulim, that a small act in this generation, and he's talking about 500 years ago, is compared to a great act in the, in the previous generations. Which means is there's so much more tests nowadays. It's so much difficult, it's so much more difficult to do, do the things that we're supposed to do. So when we do do the things that we're supposed to do, it's worth a lot more than it used to be worth. Because again, it goes everything goes with value and effort, and there's a lot of factors that play into it. There's a lot of variables that come into it. So it says that even though they couldn't do it, but you know, you know, you're keeping Shabbat, you're learning Torah, you're coming to Yeshua Torah during the week. These things are are considered huge in the next world, huge, especially in the day and age that we're living now. That you're able to sit at home, and God forbid, who knows what what, what can be done in there. So. That's answer number one. Answer number two is, um, we'll think about it this way. There is, um, think the previous generations were giants. And if they're giants, then we're like midgets. We're small, very small. And if they couldn't reach it, how could we reach it? Which is true. But now if you think about it, if you put the midget on top of the giant, now the, that midget could reach a lot higher than the giant could reach. And that's the same idea, is that we're standing on the shoulders of our forefathers and our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers and all the big rabbis and all. It's, it's, the, the good doesn't be like, okay, they did the good, now let's start from scratch on the new generation. It's, it's, um, it's compiling. It's constantly growing, it's constantly growing. So at a certain point in time, it's going to be that you, we're, we're basing all our, all our merits on the previous generation. So that's why we could actually bring the uh, Mashiach in our generation, and, and it shouldn't be any, any, uh, any coincidence or any, any uh, uh, question. Okay, there was actually something, this is a, um, uh, actually no, this is actually, a, yeah, okay, we'll leave that for that. The question is that there was once a, there was once a, um, a rabbi by the name of uh, the Chafetz Chaim, very, very famous rabbi. And he was told by, you know, he, he said something which was told over by Rabbi Chana Wasserman, his student, and then it was told over by Rabbi Leo Lapian. He said like this, said that the Gogamagog, the final war, the final war that's going to happen in the end of the days, um, you could call it World War Three. or let's hope that it's going to be that, is, he says as follows, says it's going to be a three-part war. He said this before World War One. He says that it's going to be a three-part war. There's going to be World War One. 
And then he says there's a certain amount of time. He actually said 25 years. And there's going to be another world war. And then there's going to be, and, and he said the second world war is going to make the first world war look like child's play. And then there's going to come, after a certain period of time, the third world war. And that's going to make the second world war look like child's play also. So you can think about it, what the, you know, and he was right, uh, um, you know, at that point. And, and there was, there was also, um, I forgot which rabbi said it, but he said the majority of the Gogol Mago, the, the Chavle Mashiach, not Gogol Mago, Chavle Mashiach, which is the, the hardships of the, of the birth pangs of Mashiach, all the, the, is, majority already happened in, in the, in World War II. That was, which is, which is a relief. Um, but, the, the, the question, the question, the, the question I want to deal with now is, can you predict the time of Mashiach? Which there are many people that they calculate the end of times. So, um, what that means is, is that they, um, they'll, uh, say, you know, Mashiach is supposed to happen 2016, 2017, whatever it is, they, they, uh, they put a date to it. So, the question is, are you allowed to do it? And the it, it, it really becomes problematic because when you look in the Torah, it, it says a lot of lot of uh, you know bad things for people that try to actually um, predict it. And in fact, you know, it will say, you know, I, I, I'm trying to look for the source on it, but I can't find it. I'll try it by heart. Uh, there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin that says that the people that are trying to predict that predict to calculate the end of days with a date. They should expire, which means it's not, not, not good things to them. And there's one thing after another that how you're not allowed to predict, calculate the end of days, but with a date. The Rambam, if I'm not mistaken, brings down, Maimonides brings down, that he says that if somebody uh, goes and puts a date on, on Mashiach, Mashiach is supposed to come March 2017. That's the date that he puts. The problem with that is, is that you're supposed to anticipate it coming every day. And by you now announcing it to everybody, everybody's gonna be like, you know what, it's not gonna come today, it's not gonna come tomorrow, it's gonna come March 17. So you're, you're losing the obligation of anticipating and waiting for Mashiach every single day. So that's a problem as well. But the question still stands is that there are many rabbis, big rabbis, that predicted the date. So how, how did they, how are they able to do it? So there's a few answers, um, there's a few answers. Uh, the one, uh, one answer was, is that, is that the, you know when you're not allowed to predict the date of Mashiach? is through astrology. You're not allowed to go through astrology and try to predict it. But through other means, you go through the biblical verses, according to one opinion, you are allowed to do it. I believe it was a Barbanel. Okay, so now, um, Nachmanides, Ramban, says that when does this, uh, you know, prohibition to calculate the end of days is, is it refers to the early generations. But now a generation where we're in the midst, we're very close to Mashiach, the, the prohibition doesn't, uh, and, and the, the Malbim gives an example to it. You have a little child that's going with the father on a long journey. What does a child do? Ask always, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? So the father in the beginning doesn't answer because it's a long, it's a long journey. So he says, I'm not going to answer. But once he's almost there, he'll be like, yeah, we're almost there. We're almost there. Because once you're almost there, if, you know, if the Jews would have heard like a thousand years ago, then the Shiach's not going to come for a thousand years. They're going to give up hope. That's, that's terrible. That's a, that's a hard thing. So we don't say. But now that it's almost, it's any day, it's literally going to be here any day. And we'll soon see when we go through all these prophecies, all these things, it's like, they're like all fulfilled already. They're like literally, we're literally by the doorsteps of the Shiach. We're literally there. So... Um, that, that is one of the, um, that is one of the reasons that we're not so do, but right now, uh, we are doing it. However, my personal, and I, I say this personal, and, and I know there's a lot of rabbis that also, uh, would agree with me on this, is, um, we don't, no, no rabbi should stand up today and say he's gonna come March 17. Um, you shouldn't say, cause what happens if you're wrong? <laughs> if you're wrong, you just, who knows what you, you know, you know, you threw out. And there, there was many times, and there's some rabbis that actually came out with, uh, you know, with these dates, and it's, and it's a problem. 
Because if you're wrong, you're just, you're, you're, the next time that people are going to say, oh, it's ready to come, you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. And be like, okay, this person said it, and you believe this person, even though you shouldn't have believed this person. So it's a, it's a big problem, at it. it's a big problem of, of putting an exact date to it. However, you're supposed to believe that it's supposed to come tomorrow. And, and that's how it's supposed to be every time, or today, and, you know, whatever it is. It's supposed to be that it's supposed to come now. There was a, a, a very interesting, um, this is a crazy, crazy idea. The Vilna Gohan, actually, you know what? I'll bring you all the people that were involved in this story. The Vilna Gohan, he put a, um, uh, which is Vilna Gohan was one of those genius, a huge, huge, uh, you know, leader of the, of, of the Jews. And uh, so, um, he had, uh, he has a commentary, Safra de Tzniusa. And in it, he puts hints to the, to the year of Mashiach. And, uh, so, Rab Moshe Aaron Stern, he, he, uh, he passed down, and I'm gonna put you that, so it went from the Vilna Gon, to his student was Rab Chaim of Lajan, who passed it to his student, Rab Zundel Salant, who passed it to his student, Rabbi Sol Salanter, who passed it to Rab Naftali Amsterdam. And what happened is this Rab Naftali Amsterdam, one time moved, he was in Israel, and he moved to Israel, and, um, at the end of his life, he accidentally revealed the date. Of when it's supposed to happen in in uh, in the you know in in Israel, and he made everybody who was in the room swear or whatever. I said, promise that you never you cannot the, the whatever I just said stays in this room and never leaves this room. And uh, there was uh, Rabbi Moshe Aaron Stern knew somebody who was in the room, so we're we're, we're like really far back, you know, like so he knew somebody's room, and they were once a group of people, and they begged this person, please tell us, tell us when it's going to happen, tell us, tell us to give give us something, and he refused. He says, I'm not, I can't say anything. He says, all I can tell you is one thing. Pointed to a few young people in the corner. He says, "Those people over there." Says, "Those they are going to be the soldiers in Mashiach's army." Um, that happened thirty years ago. So, which means is they're growing up now. So, they're it's it's happening soon. So, um, it's definitely something that that you know it's not something that's far fetched. Something that's going to happen. It's it's happening soon before you know it, and you want to prepare for it because if you come unprepared, that is not let's just leave it as not good, and we'll soon see how really not good that is. So, the. Um, the the idea that the you know when we speak about um, you know Mashiach there is there is a there's a pasuk in Nishaya um, I'm sorry Isaiah chapter sixty verse twenty two it says Ita achishana which means is translation in its time I will hasten it I will make it come faster which is if you think about it, it's contradictory in its time I'll make it come quicker either it's in its time or I'll make it come quicker so. The, um, the, and this is something an important, an important idea to understand is, is, it comes with the question, so how is, can we make Mashiach come earlier? If, uh, <clears throat> does it have to come on a certain date? So, where, where are we holding? If, let's say, all the Jews do Shuvah, all the Jews do that, can we force Mashiach to come early, or do we have to wait till a certain time? So, this Pasuk, you know, explains it. It says, you know, if they are worthy, if the Jews are worthy, then I will hasten it. I will make it come quicker. I'll make it come earlier. If not, it will come in its time. Which means even if the Jews are not worthy, there's going to be a certain point in time where it's, that's it. It's the end of the line. It's going to come whether you like it or not. And in fact, this end of the, end of the time, Be'ita, which is at, at its time, is also referring to, to, let's say, when the Jews, if the Jews sink so low and it has to come, that's also, that's considered at the end of time. Uh, this, this can come as a, people that learn this, it comes as a contradiction and a conflicting thing. So, if you learned that, that should have answered your question. If you didn't have the question, so let's just move on because we won't have time to um, to explain it because uh, I, I want to cover some more things. So, um, the, so the idea is is that is that Mashiach has the ability to come quicker, earlier that, and it's going to come tomorrow, and it's based on us. And if we want to do it, we can bring it. This is also how we understand is is uh, people ever hear about the donkey, Mashiach's donkey. I'm sure you guys heard about the way, you know, there's a special donkey that is going to come out. But then there's another, and the, by the way, this pasuk is based on Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. There's another pasuk in Daniel 
chapter 7, verse 13, that the Mashiach is going to come on uh, the clouds of heaven. And a lot of people like to interpret it, the, the wings of heaven, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the airplanes and things like that. But at the same point in time, <clears throat> if you think about it, these are two conflicting things. First, you tell Mashiach is going to come on a donkey, a chamol, and the next, you're coming, he's going to come on, on the, on, on heaven. And this, is, this answers in the Gemara in, uh, Sanhedrin. That Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says, the Mashiach's form of transportation depends on us. If we are worthy, we, we're merited, which means we do Yeshua, we bring it early, then he will come on heavenly clouds, which means in a miraculous manner, like a crazy, amazing, awesome, awesome manner. If we do not merit, and it comes in a natural, then it's gonna come in a natural means, which is at the end of time, in a, in a, in a version of a, of a donkey, of a hamol. So it really depends on, on us. And how, uh, on, on how it will come. So, the, Yeah, we have to skip a lot because there's, there's there's way too much to co- to cover. There is um, there is actually there's another there's another prophecy that was brought in, um, I believe by the Vilna Gaon, but it was also brought down by, by the Baal Shem Tov. And this is crazy for what's happening now. This is Vilna Gaon, and he says uh, when you hear that the Russians um, have captured the city of Crimea. You know that the Mashiach has come. You guys heard about this? Uh, you know the Mashiach comes. And if you when you hear that the Russians have reached the city of Constantinople, which is nowadays Turkey. In Istanbul, Turkey. Um, then he, he says, "You put on your Shabbat clothes and don't take it off because Mashiach is coming right now." And we know there's there's the whole ISIS situation. And again, I, I we're not putting on a date or anything, but we could see it's it's something is brewing over there. And in fact, this reminded me, it, you know, the there was a, the one of the one of the big rabbis also said he says, uh, you know, before even all the world wars, says the first the first world wars, you know, the first two, they're not going to be so close to Israel. But the last one is going to be close to Israel. And we see what's brewing up over there in Syria and ISIS. You know, maybe that is a World War III. Maybe it's not. Who knows? We don't know. We'll only know when it happens. But you definitely see that something is going around over there. They're all going to be fighting for Israel, like, to gain control of Israel or something, no? There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of, like, yeah, how it's going to, they're going, they're going to fight against each other and they're going to fight against Israel. There's a lot of things that go back and forth over here. So it's, uh, um, so, so we, we'll know when, when it happens, but yes, it's something that's, and you could, you could see already what's going on over here. Um, you know, I, there's also something else that, you know, you have, you have people that are always coming out with gematrias, you know, numerical values, and like Obama came into power, Obama equals Mashiach. Trump came into power, Trump equals Mashiach. You know, Obama left, you know, office, Obama leaving office equals Mashiach. We hope so, yes. Let it, let it be that Obama's, whatever it is that it, it's, it's in that time. But if you just look, and and who knows what what God has planned? But you just look at just like the 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 way that Trump is running things. You know, it's only a certain amount of time before there's going to be a world war. You know, and 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 it's not that you know, you know, he's better than the alternative. Put it that way. The, the alternative was going against the Torah. Um, so so, but at the same point in time, it's like it's not like something that you see so far fetched off. And it's something that's very close to the future, and it should it should really wake people up. The um, and by the way, the Zohar also speaks about towers falling down. Before Mashiach comes, which is, you know, you could say in reference to September 11th, who knows what, you know, again, what's gonna happen. Again, we won't know until it comes, but it does, uh, um, it does, it does speak about that. Okay. So, the, um, there's an interesting, very interesting Mara in Ida, page 13b, that says there are people that delay Mashiach coming. And those people are converts, which we'll have to explain what does that mean, and people who sport with minors. We're using a translation, which also we have to understand what that means. And the Gemara goes through a very interesting going back and forth. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to give you the maskana, the, the final uh, uh, verdict that comes out. So first of all, um, why, why, uh, why converts? What's up with the converts? Why converts delay the Mashiach? And the answer is, is because this is referring to converts that convert, but they don't observe the Torah and the mitzvot. 
They don't observe the Torah mitzvot well. And people, you know, I get I, I get this often when you have non-Jews that are coming and be like, this rabbi rejected me. You know, I thought you Jews were supposed to be nice and happy. You know, why is he rejecting me if I want to come join the Jewish nation? And, you know, they don't, it's hard to understand, but they have an obligation, the rabbis, to reject you. Because we... If we would just accept everybody, then you know a lot. Ninety percent of the people will be Jewish for like a few months, and then we'll be will revert back. Not too long ago, um, I should have I should have brought I could have brought the transcription of it. I had I got a question of a guy. Um, he's like, huh? No, no, different guy. Yeah, yeah, the, the different guy. He's um, he you know he asked me. He says, you know, can I um, um, can I revert back to being a Noahide? So I'm like, no, you are you a convert? And he's like, he's like, yeah. I'm like, no, there's like, there's no backsies. It's like, you know, once you once you get in here, there's no like turning around, and be like, all right, I changed my mind, you know, I tried this thing, I'm not. There's nothing. You're there, you're there. He fell in love with a Christian girl, and now he wants to. He's like, I'll be the best Noahide ever. You know, I'll keep all the things. I'd be like, that's nice, but you're still violating the other 600 plus, you know, commandments that you have as a Jew. You're once a Jew, you're always a Jew. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to marry her. She's a Christian. If she converts for the right reasons, then fine. You know, shalom al Israel, You have, you know, but but there's no. This is a big problem. People want to convert, but people want to convert. They don't really. And I know, I know some converts that they converted and they sort of like very lax on their on their observance. They're not really, you know, they they like the whole Jewish idea, of Israel. They got they got, but it, and that's one of the one of the things that the rabbis have to do is they have to actually, you know, really test a person. And one of the reasons they constantly push people away is so that if you you know who we accept who really wants it because the people who really want it will really keep it. So this is one of the things that the, the, the Gemara says is that the converts are going to prevent preventing the Mashiach. The converts that are not keeping the Torah the way that it's supposed to. The way that you're supposed to keep the Torah is the 100% the orthodox way, the strongest way possible. There's no, you know, like, okay, let's be a little modern over here. There's the Torah and that's it. If you can't follow up with that, if you can't keep that, don't convert. You don't convert if you can't, if you can't, you can, if let's say a convert comes and says, I'll do everything, but I can't keep Shabbat. Like, I'll, but I'll be the best Jew, I'll give everything. We, we don't convert that person. You can't. We, we're the, that person, the, you know, does not get uh, converted at all. So that's one thing that today's Mashiach. What does it mean by by uh, the sporting with minors? And, and I'm using obviously a translation, not mine. So um, this, the idea of sporting with minors, the Meskanah the Gemara says over there is men that marry women that are too young to give birth to to, to, to kids. And the Gemara goes on, and Rav Asi explains it says Mashiach is not going to come until there's a storehouse of of souls in heaven called the Guf. And once the storehouse, which means the 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 the, the room where all the souls are. Uh, the room, whatever this is, is going to be empty, that's when the sheikh is supposed to come. And how does that supposed to come? He's supposed to have kids. And he's supposed to bring up the kids in the way of the Torah. And that's going to empty it out, empty out the, the, the souls that need to, be, need to be born. And that will, uh, make the Mashiach come. And it also, it's also bring down not only the Gemara Nidah, it also brings down the Gemara Nidah, page 62a, that the same idea of Asi brings it down also that the Mashiach will come until all the Nishamot, the, the souls of the Guf are complete. So, um, this is why, what if you're marrying a woman who's not enough to, not old enough to, to have children, then you're preventing that you could have married somebody who could have, you know, could have children. So you're preventing this process from happening. However, now that I said that, that there's, that we have a very, very strong question. And the question is, is that the Gemara in Shabbat, page 118, B, that says if the Jewish people would keep two Shabbat, two Shabbat in a row, Mashiach would come. By the way, this is just let you know how powerful and important it is to keep Shabbat. Shabbat can actually prevent Mashiach from coming. For people, people, you know, don't realize that, you know, any, anybody that's associated with Kirov and, and, and bringing Jews back closer to, to religion and from secular to that, if you realize there's a very common thing that almost by all of them, if they speak about Shabbat. And there's a reason why this is so important. So much so that it can actually bring the, bring or delay the Mashiach from coming. So, 
the the question is is that I just said that we brought a case from the Gemara. The Gemara says that you know when Mashiach will come. Mashiach will come once uh, you know all the souls will come up. However, we know a different Gemara that says no. Mashiach will come if you keep two two Shabbat you know in a row. So the question is how, how could it be both? So there's many answers for it. I'll give you uh, being that we're short on time. We're going to give uh, we're going to give just one answer now. And this answer is from the Tosfei Arash, that says that um, Mashiach can come when all the souls come out, out of the guf. However, an alternate way, that the souls don't even have to come down into this world, and those souls that need to come still come down, is if they keep two Shabbatot in a row, then you don't even need that. Which means it will override that. That's how powerful it is, it is of the Shabbat. Okay, so now let's give, now, we, now that we, you know, spoke a little about that, how do we make Mashiach come? What are some things that we could do to make it come faster? So one of the things we just spoke about is keep Shabbat. <laughs> actually, literally, you bring, you know, get, get everybody to keep Shabbat. But actually, the, the, the number one, really, the, the, um, which is also inclusive of that, is doing Shuvah. Doing Shuvah, and it says in, in Tehilim, chapter 95, verse 7, it says, If you listen to my voice, if you listen to God's voice, you do Shuvah, you come back to the way that you're supposed to do, then God will bring the Mashiach. And again, you know, the, 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 um, this part of the way of, of making come early is by, is by listening to Him. And in order to listen to Him, there's a process, and the process starts off with chuba. Chuba, you 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 know you you um you repent on the on the previous thing. Next is also Torah study. Torah study is equal to all the mitzvahs in the Torah. Tamu Torah connected Quran. People don't realize how powerful, how how great of a mitzvah is Torah study. So you have um you know you're learning Torah, and then you have another mitzvah. Torah is the highest. You get the most. You you know you want to do the things like in um. Let's say you're in a business and you want to make money. So you want to give you the thing that gives you the biggest profit. You want to know what gives you the biggest profit. So there's many mitzvot that you could do and they're, and they're great mitzvot. And I'm not going to say one over the other, but Torah is a top. That's the, the Torah top. And in fact, every word of Torah is a mitzvah. So if you're sitting, and that's why, you know, people, and, and you know, I, I get this all the time, and I can't, I'll apologize again, I can't talk slower. I try, it just doesn't work. I, you know, I, I'll start slower, but then I don't think about it, and then I'm, I'm ready in fast forward motion. So, but in a way, it's good, because you get to learn in one hour a lot more information than if I would speak like President Obama used to speak. But you fall asleep between each word that he would say. You know, so I, while he says one sentence, I can fit already a whole paragraph in there. So it's good, you get a lot more Torah. Every word of Torah is a mitzvah. So, <clears throat> in a way, it's good. It's good, you get to, um, but at the same point in time, people can't understand. So I'm sorry, I apologize, I try, uh, maybe I'll, you know, I'll try a little bit slower. And in fact, you should know, this is actually slower. I used to speak even faster. I used to, I did, the amount of material that I, we used to go through, you know, talking about years ago, in an hour, would be like, it would be ridiculous. We would like finish so much volume of material. So I did slow down, so we're, we're getting there. But, um, See about how much uh, it is. Me personally, when I listen to, if I listen to a lecture, I, I have to listen to it faster. I, I need, I need everything fast. I can't, I, you know, it just it, it's the way I work. Anyways, moving forward. Side note. Uh, next thing to bring the Mashiach to bring to hurry it up is the Daka. The Gemara Batra says in page nine a that that Daka is also considered equivalent to all the all the all the all the I'm sorry all the mitzvot. So it's it's a very very powerful. These things are very very powerful that you should you know do you know. Obviously, you know, do. But besides tzakah with money, there's also charity with your time. You're helping somebody, you know, you're giving charity, you're learning, let's say, Torah. And you know, you already learned for a few years. Go help somebody else, teach somebody else other Torah. You know, I heard, I heard a very, no one says that you have to go and start making classes and start putting it, posting it all over the place. But you see somebody, speak a little Torah. You know what I learned today? I learned to, you know, and you give them a, give them a little bit of information. You keep Mashiach. 
if you keep Shabbat, if you keep Shabbat, Mashiach will come. Yeah, there. Go tell it to the people that don't keep Shabbat. Say how that works. Obviously, you have to say it in the right way. But at the at the same time, um, uh, there the 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 last thing that I want to speak about what will hasten the Mashiach is um, uh, procreation, which is what we spoke about. You know, you have you have the um, you know when when people you know like don't understand like you know get look at the Hasidim. Oh my gosh, you know oh, they have like twenty kids. You're supposed to. I mean, it's difficult, and there are guidelines if you can't handle it, and there's, you know, emotional problems. So, so you speak to a rabbi, and there's, you know, there's, the, there's kosher ways of birth control, and you are allowed to do it. But in general, you have an obligation to have children. And there, it's an obligation that you have to have, because you are, you know, besides the fact of, of creating the world, there's, we're here for a job, and that's part of the job. Okay. The, um, another thing that's, that's extremely, extremely important is, um, the, the unity of, of, Israel, the unity of the Jewish people, and and as as united that we are, and united that we stand, there's a lot of work that we can do over here, and and we need to we need to do over here. The um when when uh, when Yaakov right before he passed away, our forefather Jacob, and he right before he passed away, he went and he said, "Gather." First, he said, "When the translation was gather around," he was talk, talking to his tribes, his sons, and he says, uh, "And I'll tell you what will happen at the end of the day." He was going to reveal the, the the times at the end of days, and afterwards, whatever the you know the Shekhinah left him, and he wasn't able to actually reveal it. But at the same, if you look at it, what he said was gather around. When, one of the things is, is, you want Mashiach to come, gather, become united. You need to be united, I, I, um, and this is something that you know I speak about quite often. We need to be united. Jews need to be united. There's no such thing as Ashkenazim and Sfaradim. There's Jews. There's no such thing as Moroccan and Bukharian. There's Jews. There's no Gorski and there's no, uh, 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 you know, there's no Syrian. It's all Jews. We're all one people. It doesn't, it doesn't, this, this whole like groups and sects and, uh, you know, no, I'm only going to marry into my side and I'm not going to even date this other thing and I'm not going to, hmm. oh, I can't listen to that. It's not my rabbi. My rabbi is only, and again, you are supposed to have your rabbi, but, but we're, we're all one nation. We might look a little bit different. We might be tanner than other people. We might be lighter than other people. We might be blonder and blue eyes. It doesn't matter. We all come from the same source. And everybody has to love every single Jew like he's your brother, regardless of if he comes, if he's your next door neighbor, regardless if he comes from your hometown, from your homeland, whatever it is, he's a Jew and we're all united. And one of the things that brings the Mashiach is actually, um, and here's the missing paper that I was looking for. All one of the things that, that actually, that brings the Mashiach is actually the unity, um, that, that, uh, that comes. And the last and the final point that I want to that I want to bring up, and I was really want, should have uh, brought this up in the beginning, is um, it's a little bit of a sensitive subject, and uh, to try to understand, there are many people. <clears throat> let's say somebody they lose somebody close to them, passed away, and <clears throat> what generally what people say is, you know, they're in a better place now, and you know it makes them feel better, and and granted, we hope we hope they're in a better place, but if somebody is not listening to the Torah, and if someone's going against the Torah and violating the Torah. What makes you think that he's in a better place or she's in a better place? You know, there's, it's, it should be a very, one of the things that, that it says, you know, it's better to go to a funeral than to a, 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 you know, a place of a party, of a wedding hall and things like that is because when you go to a funeral, it wakes you up a little bit. It wakes you up and be like, okay, listen, this guy didn't last for so long. Who knows? You know, we should hold until 120 with happiness, health and wealth and everything, but we don't know. And, and, and it should come as a, as, as a, it should come as a, as like a, as like a crazy, you know, shock. Where if, if somebody's Mechalel Shabbat, doesn't keep kosher, and knows all these things, I'm not talking about Tinoch Shanishba, and, and rebels against God, you think that he's in a better place? I would love to. I hope so. As a fellow Jewish brother, I want all, everybody to be in the thing. But, but let's be realistic. You look at the Torah. You look at what the Torah says that, you know, there's, there's reward and punishment in the Torah. One of the, you know, one of the imams, one of the 13 principles of faith is reward and punishment. So you think somebody is not listening to the law, what makes a person think that they're going to be in a better place? And why do I bring that up now? It's the time of Mashiach. People want Mashiach. 
Like, you're not keeping Shabbat, you're not keeping kosher, you're not, that you really think you're gonna be around, I hope, I really hope that you'll be part of Mashiach. But do you really think so? Do you really think that, you know, we, only the, only the top, four, 80% are going, not gonna be here. 80% are gonna die, so you, you think that you're gonna make that 20% cut if you're not doing anything that you're supposed to? Maybe, yeah, maybe not, but highly unlikely if you're not listening to God. And again, we don't know. We don't know what only happened there. But what we do know is that you have to listen to God. You have to listen to the Torah. You want to be around for it to come. And it's coming. And you don't want to be that stuck in the last day. And, and your whole family, everybody else is going to get to go and you're not going to go. It's not something that you want to be. It's something that we need to really take this, the, 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 whole, the whole topic of Mashiach, people, uh, people like it in a way of, um, it sort of, it makes, it makes you happy. You know, the Jews are going to be the top, we're going to be the most powerful, we're going to rule the world, we're going to have a thousand slaves, we're going to have mansions, we're going to all drive Bentleys. And that's, and, and you're like, you're like, it's going to be awesome, it's going to be, that's paradise, right? We're going to live in like an, an and, and you get, they're, they're getting the wrong idea about these things. And, and it's a very big problem, and the, the Torah speaks very against, um, you know, people that, that's the sole reason that they want the they want Mashiach. We want Mashiach for God. Because God's presence are going to be in the earth. That's why we want Mashiach. Not because of the fact that we're going to be able to be wealthy. And not for the fact that we'll be able to have everything. But the fact that we'll be able to serve God. We won't have any... Um any other nation ruling over us will have our own, you know, you say, okay, we have our own, we have our own uh, land already. We have, we have uh, Israel. Um, when you, you think about it though, Israel is not really run per se by the most righteous of the righteous. You know, there, there's, there's laws. If Israel be, be, will be, uh, first of all, will not be liberal. That's, let's just start with that. There's going to be a lot of changes once, once Mashiach comes. But it's very interesting to see how, how in the, in the past years, how things have progressed and, you know, we have Israel. You, you think about it, it makes absolutely no sense. Even more so, I wanted to speak about it in one of the coming lectures, that, but I'll bring it up now. Um, you have, um, you know, the land of Israel. And the Jews have been living there, per se, since the beginning of time, basically, since, since the time of the destruction of the Smegdash. But it wasn't, it wasn't really run by Jews. It was run by, you know, the Ottoman Empire, you know, who knows how many people were, were, were in there. The question that, that should come to everybody's mind is, so about what are we talking about? 70 something years ago, we had a state, all of a sudden we got the land state of Israel. The question is, why wasn't, why weren't there millions of Arabs living there? Why weren't there, you know, they didn't give us a, a place that was fully inhabited like it is today. You can't, you know, they can't be like, okay, you know what, you, you go to like, um, let's say, you know, uh, Mexico and be like, alright, you know, we're gonna give you America. I mean, like, America's taken. You know, it's filled. You know, we're, we're kind of full of, you know, well, definitely New York, probably everything out Midwest is probably empty, but, but, you know, you look at the coast, it, it's a full, it, it's not like, so if Israel got its state of Israel, it was, why wasn't it full? Why it wasn't, I mean, if you think about it, it's a very, the land itself is very crucial. Even before that, you know, nowadays, it connects, I'm bad in geography, but it connects ends of, you know, of parts of the world that you need to. It, it's literally on the border, it has, it has ports, it has, it's a crucial land. It's not something that, and you think about it, how was it able to, and when the Jews got the land, it wasn't like it wasn't the way it looks today. It was full of malaria, it was full of deserts and swamps, it was, it was diseased, and, you know, everybody was like, yeah, whatever, take Israel, who wants Israel? You know, it's like a place of a swamp. No one wants it. And, and you think about it, how does it make sense? Why, you could see it's all preparation for the time of Mashiach coming. And you look at the, the amount of roads that are built over there. They, they even, I don't know if, um, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that they're, they're thinking about opening another airport in Israel. And one of the reasons is, and again, I don't know if this is true or not, is, is they say, well, Mashiach comes, we're going to need any more, more thing. Maybe it's true, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if, the, I, I can't imagine that the secular people will be like, you know, well, Mashiach is coming, so uh, let's make some more land for, you know, I can't imagine that happening, but maybe, that, who knows? I heard, I heard about that. Um, 
but but there definitely you, you think about it, the infrastructure that's currently built over there is is built to house a lot you know it, it's it's and, and it's ridiculous and you know the, the amount of technology that everything is like is like booming over there so you think about it how is it possible that it was laid desolate and I and I heard this example um, you know I forgot from who but it was uh, you know maybe Mordechai Becker I don't remember who I heard from the, this uh, this little story it says you know there was a kid who um, his father got really upset at him so he kicked him out of his room. So the kid goes to the father and it says, who's going to be sleeping in my room while I'm out? And the father says, nothing. When you become better, when you become good, I'll give you the room back. Now the question is, why does a kid care who's going to be sleeping in the room? Because if you put another person in the room, that means the kid doesn't have anywhere to go back to. That means it's taken. It's like over. One of the reasons why we have, Israel was never fully habitated by, by a whole nation was then the Jews be like, okay, we can't, we can't go back. God kept it desolate. God kept it swampy. God kept it sick with diseases and, and who knows what. So when the time, so it was laid empty. And when the time comes, the Jews will come in there. And we look at it, it's like, a, it's like an, an amazing idea. Like, you know, you have a state of Israel. You, if you look at the, the nature of events, it's, it's like everything is happening. You had a crazy Holocaust. And you had, and the, by the way, the pro, it's a process. Mashiach is a, is a whole process. And you had the state, you had the Holocaust. And then after the Holocaust, all of a sudden we get a land. And all of a sudden we have, you look in the world, the world of the Sev, it says before Mashiach comes, going to be a tremendous Truba movement. You look what's going on over, it makes, very, very little sense where you have little ki- little little children, I'm talking about little, I'm talking about compared to the, their parents, are becoming religious and the parents are not religious. It makes those, the kids, the children are the ones who want to have a party, have a good time. Yet you have the, the, the children are religious, the parents are not religious. And this is one of the, the, the you know, the prophecies of Malachi, uh, in, the, in the last prophets of Malachi is that the, the children will bring back the, the hearts of the, of the parents. And so it's, it's actually one of the prophecies and we see it happening nowadays. We'll, we'll, we'll still talk about all this, you know, in the future, but Hopefully Mashiach will come, so we won't need to discuss this. By the way, this is one of the things, because I've been saying that I've been giving this class for over a year. Over a year I had this already in the works, and I couldn't, I couldn't finally finish it. And I went to Israel, I had some time to sit and learn a little bit, so, uh, you know, didn't, so I was able to, to like, uh, you know, fin- put some finishing touches on it. But everyone kept on asking me, it's like, when's this, by the time you bring it, it's ready, Mashiach's gonna come. So it's a halavite, so you don't need it. But, uh, but hopefully you won't, we won't need the next one. The next one, Bizarre Mashiach will, will come, and we won't have to say the next class. Any questions? No questions. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.